right, what is happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Fighting Daily. How are we doing out there? Appreciate you joining us on a Tuesday. Uh, as I mentioned on the show we recorded for yesterday, broke my hand this weekend, so sitting here with a splint, uh, going to see a specialist tomorrow. That'll be good. Figure out if I'm going to get surgery. But I've been reading a lot more articles, right? Because I'm just kind of like, for a while there, right? in, in, in ER and just kind of hanging out at home. I'm just, I'm on the phone a little bit more. Not, not, not a lot of Twitter or social media, but just like more articles. You know one thing I've realized that is hysterical to me? How in a lot of these divisive articles whether it's politics or whatever, it'll it'll just rip into someone. Look, I don't care whether you're wearing a red tie or a blue tie. It's not what this is about, but it'll just rip into someone. And then at the end, it'll say, we reached out to so-and-so for comment, but they did not immediately respond. And I always think, what does that mean? What does not immediately respond mean? Does that mean they sent an email to whoever they just wrote an article ripping apart and said, you know, we'd like your, hey, so-and-so, we just said this, uh, we're requesting comment. And then they hit the send button. And they sit and wait. And they sit a couple more. All right, sure. Well, they haven't responded. All right, let's put the article out there. It's like, how long? What does immediately mean? I, the way I see that, it's like five seconds. And they send the article out. So anyway, whew, I, can you tell I've been on some of these uh, pain medications the last couple of days? I think it's getting to me. But let's get into it. What's happening? Appreciate you joining us. Uh, let's talk middling. On today's show, we're going to talk middling. Uh, it's a great investment strategy that... I feel like it's twofold. It's not used enough by the average sports better out there, but it's talked about too much from the pros. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about why that is. So let, let, let's discuss middling as the investment technique that it is, because it's it's kind of similar to, you know, hedging or um, what we, we did a couple of these recently, right? Hedging, live betting, um, arbitraging. These are all just strategies to make sure we make the most money possible. Sometimes it's reducing risk. Sometimes it's increasing ROI. And sometimes it happens together. So that's what I think we have in middling. A middle, and we'll go into detail about exactly what we're talking about in a second, but unlike hedging, which is meant to really reduce risk, middling is meant to increase your ROI while naturally keeping your risk profile low. Okay, So here's what a middle is. A middle is where you bet both sides of a game, and you have a chance to win both of those bets. A middle is often done around a very important number in football, like the NFL. And it's not usually done in college football because the volatility is too, too, too high. So in the NFL, as we talked about before, there are key numbers. And three is a much more important number than two. What that means is games are going to land on three far more often than any other number in the spectrum, including two and five and even seven. So three is the most important number in the NFL. So what you can do is, let's say on Sunday, let's give an example. This is a fake game, so I'm just making a game up here. Let's say uh, the Denver Broncos are playing the Green Bay Packers and Denver opens up minus two and a half early in the week, okay? So it's like Monday, Denver's, Denver opens up two and a half, and you bet the Broncos minus two and a half, okay? Well, then the line moves through the week, and the Broncos get bet up to three and three and a half. Well, eventually, later on in the week, you can bet the Green Bay Packers plus three and a half and have a middle situation. So you have the Broncos minus two and a half and the Packers plus three and a half. So what does that mean? That means that you need that game to end where Denver wins by exactly three. Any other outcome, and you win one bet and lose the other. Because think about it. 
any outcome, you're going to win one of those bets. If Broncos win by 50, well, you cover the Broncos minus two and a half. If Green Bay wins by 50, you cover Green Bay uh, plus three and a half, right? But in those magical times where the Broncos win 23-20, here's what happens. We make 20 to one on our bet. Okay, every middle you make, as long as you follow the rules we're going to lay out, is a 20 to one proposition. So really, I know it seems like a complex idea, but it's actually very simple. If we can find a situation, which is a lot more rare than you may think, but if we can find a situation where we can bet a minus two and a half at minus 110 and a plus three and a half at minus 110 on the same game, the reason why that's a good bet is because it's going to happen more than one out of 20 times. It's just like any other bet. What are they charging? Right? What does the price indicate and what should the price be? So if we get a situation where whatever event we're middling will happen more than 5% of the time, again, because 5% is one out of 20. So any event will happen more than 5% of the time that makes middling worth it. That's why it makes sense to middle an NFL three, but it doesn't make sense to middle a nine in college football. It's not worth it. College football games, if the spread is minus nine, it'll land on nine about two to 3% of the time. Obviously, if something happens 2 or 3% of the time and they're charging as if it will happen 5% of the time, it's a terrible bet. But in the NFL, if it's 3, it'll land on 3 damn near 12% of the time. You know, I mean, maybe it's getting closer to 10 these days, but the point is that's obviously way above 5%, right? So anything above 5% makes a, a good bet. Now let's talk about the 20 to 1. 20 to 1 comes in here. It's actually... The only the, the reason it's 20 to 1 is because you're only risking your VIG on one of the bets. Let's walk through an example. Let's say in our situation where we bet the Broncos minus 2.5, minus 110, and the Packers plus 3.5, minus 110. Let's say our units are $100. Well, here's what that looks like. We have 110 to win 100 on the Broncos minus 2.5, and, and we also have 110 to win 100 on the Packers plus three and a half. So no matter what's going to happen, you're going to, the worst case scenario is you win one bet, lose one bet. That's the worst case. So by that logic, worst case scenario is you're only going to lose 10 bucks, right? Because you're going to win a hundred on whatever bet you win and lose one ten on whatever bet you lose. So you're really risking $10 to win 200 if the game lands on three. Because if the game lands on three, you'll win both bets. Broncos, 110 to win 100 minus two and a half, you win. Packers plus three and a half, 110 to win 100, you win. So at the end of the day, if you can get a middle situation, you're risking, 10, if your units are 100 bucks, you're risking 10 to win 200 on, that, on, the, uh, on the idea or the, of the event of the Broncos winning by three. So anytime you middle, all, all you have to ask yourself or answer mathematically is, will this event I'm middling happen at least 5% of the time? If so, you've got a good bet. And, you know, I, just, I would say middling is actually pretty rare, despite how often you may hear it or, or hear it talked about or see it on Twitter or TV, because it is kind of like this sexy little thing. Oh, we're middling. We've got a middle. But here's the truth. If you think about it, it's not common that you're going to get a natural number in the market because bookies are terrified of middling and, and, and arbitrage betters. And let's not actually bring arbitrage in because it's a little different here, but bookies are terrified of, of middling. So it, 
you know, if there's a minus two and a half and there's a ton of action, okay, let's use our example, Broncos minus two and a half. What'll happen a lot nowadays is instead of moving the line to three and a half, once it gets up there, they'll just start adjusting the price. So the Broncos, in our example here, if it's a modern day situation, which which obviously that's what we're living, here's what happens. Broncos get bet two and a half, two and a half, two and a half. They're going, damn, a lot of good, smart bettors are betting Broncos. Let's move to three. And let's say the Broncos keep getting bet three, three, three. Well, sometimes the Broncos will move to three and a half and you will have the middle situation, right? It, it doesn't never happen. Sometimes it will happen. But what will happen more and more and what I'm seeing more and more of is instead of moving the line to three, they'll now make the Broncos minus three, minus 125 and make the Packers plus three, plus 105. You see, so they're protecting themselves both from getting middled and frankly, from teaser situations. So these are things the book can do to kind of fight back here. It's always us against the books, right? There, there's things that they do and we counteract and they counteract us and we counteract them. It's just a fight back and forth. So knowing how they do their stuff, and that's what I'm explaining now, because knowing how they work increases how powerful we can be. That's how they do it. And so a lot of times, you won't even get the opportunity to middle because you're waiting, waiting, waiting. All right, we bet the Broncos two and a half and this line's going up, but you can't get that goddamn three and a half because it doesn't come up because the bookies know what they're doing. Now, this happens a lot more for the average better who's only got two, maybe three sports books to shop at. Obviously, look, if I'm trying to middle a game and I've got 25 sports books to shop at and I can call people, yes, I can get these numbers down, but this podcast is not for the betters like me. This is, this, this is for... The, the, everyone out there who's betting. And so for most people out there, it's, it's going to be hard to find these situations. But when you do find them, it is always, almost always worth it to make it. So I wouldn't think of it as a situation. If you, let's say in our, in our hypothetical, you yourself really, really love the Broncos in your bet, right? And you're like, God, I love the Broncos. I think they're going to win. And you have minus two and a half. Should you still make the bet Green Bay plus three and a half? The math says yes, right? So don't second guess yourself if you do get a middle situation because they are certainly well worth it. Now, keep in mind, you're only going to win that. Let's say you middle on a three. You're only going to win that one out of 10 times, but it's so, so worth it because they're charging as if you'll win one out of 20. So takeaway from today's show, middling is simply another investment technique that you can use in sports betting. But unlike hedging, which is meant to just reduce risk, Middling is meant to increase your potential ROI while naturally keeping your risk profile low. And I say naturally because obviously the worst you can do in the middle is one win one, lose one. So naturally, it's a 20 to one proposition. If you're a $1,000 better, you're risking 100 bucks to win 2000. So all you have to answer in any middle situation is what's the probability of this event happening? And if that event is at least 5% of the time, you've got yourself one hell of a bet. All right, let's move on to some picks. If you want to make these bets VIG-free, check out betteredge.com. Do you notice in all this stuff we talk about, it's all centered around the VIG and the tax and the household? That's because that's how the house makes money. If you want to start betting VIG-free, and it's essentially a platform where you can just like bet other people straight up, you can essentially get rid of that house uh, tax, get rid of that VIG. You can start betting even money where your expectations over the long run aren't to lose a penny. So check out Better Edge online, betteredge.com. Put in promo code SBD for a free $20 upon signing up. All right, let's get to it. A couple picks to wrap today's show up. We've got one NFL teaser. We're teasing it. I know how much you all love teasers. God damn it, Tyler. Give me some more teasers. So we're going teasers today. And I've got a, what's my second pick? Oh, some soccer. A little Premier League. 
Got to get back on the winning side of some Premier, uh, Premier League. So let's start with football. Uh, let's go an NFL teaser for this weekend. So excited. Second round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, and this one comes with a note, a little footnote. So the teaser is Detroit. We're going to tease them from minus six to a pick them. And then Kansas City, we're going to tease the Chiefs from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Now, let's start off with Detroit because this is a really kind of uh, maybe a little bit more of an advanced idea, but let's let's talk through it, okay? When you tease a game, you're buying points. And teasing a team from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half, like we're doing with Kansas City, makes a whole lot of sense. It's called a Wong teaser, okay? The reason is you're buying through the corridors of three and seven and frankly, eight these days, and you're landing on eight and a half, a great number. So it's worth it buying through the points two and a half to eight and a half because we're going through some majorly key numbers in the NFL, right? Three, seven, and four are the three most important numbers in the NFL in that order. And you're going through all of them on a teaser two and a half to eight and a half. So that's what give te- gives a lot of teasers their value is not just that you're moving six points, but what what is the value or the price of the points you're moving through, right? So let's get back to the Detroit idea. The reason why we don't tease teams from minus six to a pick is it's almost always a better bet to take the money line. Because think about it, a, a teaser is nothing more than a parlay where you're buying points for each team, right? So if you're going to tease two teams who are both minus six to a pick it's usually cheaper to take the money line on both those teams, right? So that's the idea is it's, it's almost, well, I don't want to say never, but it's usually not worth it to tease from six to zero because the money line price is going to be better. Well, the reason we're teasing the Detroit Lions is because the money line is moved early in the week that gives us an opportunity. What I'm seeing across the board is the Detroit Lions, the, the best price is 265, but it's up as high as 280 in some places. So when I see 270, 275, 280, those mean we should tease down, okay? Now, just to let you all know, what a two-team teaser really breaks down to, if it's a money line, is about minus 265, okay? So think about that. A two-team teaser, if you take two teams minus six to pick them, that's the same thing as taking two money line teams minus uh, 265, just to win. So the te- that's that's kind of a way to look at what it's really worth, okay? So if you can find the Detroit Lions on a website at minus 265, it's an even bet to tease them down, okay? But it's just if it's 270 or higher, now we've got an opportunity on the Lions. Reason number two why we're taking the Lions from six to six and a half is this line's moving up. And what you can see on a lot of websites right now, I'm looking as we speak, 310 in the afternoon on a Tuesday in Denver, Colorado, uh, there's minus six all across the board for Detroit, but there's minus 115s, minus 118s, minus 120s. Well, guess what happens? When you tease teams down, they don't take into account the current price. At least most sports books shouldn't. If they're ripping you off, they do. But most sports books shouldn't. So if you can get a minus six at minus 120, they'll let you tease it to pick them for the exact same price. They don't know whether, they don't care really whether it's minus 10, minus 105, minus 120. So we're getting a double here, right? We're getting a situation for Detroit. Because A, well, it's kind of three, right? A, line's going up. We're beating a line move anyway. B, we're beating a line move with such prices that we're getting ahead of the six and a half so we can tease down to a pick despite whether there's 115s or 120s out there. And the third reason is, like we talked about, we have a situation to where when you compare it to the money line, it is valuable because people are apparently betting Detroit Lions money line early in the week, be it on parlays or singles. That doesn't matter. There is money line action that's moving it. See, a lot of people think the spread and money line move together. 
They don't. They're independent markets. Now, they will often move together because influence of betters, you know, line up and they correlate and that's where the bets go. But it is just as common to see the money lines slightly move in a different direction in the spread because money's coming in differently, right? So this is a situation where early in the week, we see lines out there, 275. You better believe teasing down from six uh, makes sense, especially when there's minus 115s, minus 120s out there. So a lot of caveats. And I know that was a little bit more of an advanced concept, but wanted to kind of talk through that. So um, teaser, Detroit from minus six to pick them. And then the other leg, uh, well, we didn't talk a lot about that actual game. Um, I thought Detroit last week got off to a great start. Three touchdowns for three first three possessions offensively, I think they're going to be fine. It's all about that defense. And I trust this defense analytically going against what Tampa Bay does really well. I like the matchup. And I think Detroit, that was their first playoff win in like 11 years. So many emotions. Now they've got that, got it out of the way. They can move forward. And I think they're going to dominate line of scrimmage or just a, a, a better overall. Look, there's a reason why they're minus six, right? So clearly they're the better team when you take into account home field, all that. I think this provides a really good price. And like I mentioned, the other things as well, this is as much of a a sports market bet it is, as it is a handicap bet. So uh, Lions from six to a pick em. Second part of that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, now, Kansas City, I said two and a half. It's up to three in some places, but we will give it two and a half on today's show. Um, same idea, right? Kansas City is, they're built to, to win right now, I believe. The coaching staff, the players, and I'm not saying they're like some like run heavy team that's just going to run it 45 times and find success that way. I think that Andy Reid, coupled with that, the personnel they have, they can certainly switch it up and play this smash mouth football and get their tight ends heavily involved. I mean, look back at the Super Bowl last year, right? You you think, oh, Mahomes, Kansas City. I think they threw for like 180 yards. And Philadelphia threw for almost, what, I'm going to say 250, 300, something like that. The point here is Kansas City is a lot more versatile than many people give them credit for, right? Especially outside looking in. I get it. But situation like this, on the road, getting up to an eight and a half, even in a nine, if you, you know, a nine if you can, I think Kansas City is the play here. So, and look, this is a little bit about the market too and things like that, but that has more to do with the, the first pick with Detroit. This is a pure uh, power ratings and handicap play. I think Kansas City keeps it close. I think that certainly uh, the under is also the way to look here. But, you know, Buffalo is favored for a reason. I could certainly see the Bills winning this game. But when you give us eight and a half with this price, with this handicap, I think it's a good uh, play for the Chiefs. So two-team teaser in the NFL, Lions from minus six to a pick and the Chiefs from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. And let's go to our Premier League game. Premier League, this is going to be same day, Sunday. I think all these games are going to be on Sunday. Uh, yeah, 21st, we're going to take Liverpool. Liverpool is on the road here. Let's pull up some, pull up some notes here. Liverpool on the road at Bournemouth, Bournemouth. Uh, now this is a play that we're kind of getting ahead of a line move. So yes, I love Liverpool in this situation. I think their recent injuries, right? A lot of people look at Mo Salah and some of their bigger players, but, and Virgil van Dijk came back. He didn't look great his first, first couple, uh, games back, but this is all about price, right? This is what everything comes down to. And I think Liverpool should be closer to 160. Frankly, I think this closes closer to 160. Now, I'm going to give it out on the podcast at 140. Because as we speak, I can pull it up right now. It is 140 across the board. There's a 135 at Caesars, 135 at Bet Online. There are a couple 145s out there anyway, but this line will move. I think we're beating a pretty big line move here. Okay, my prediction is this closes at least Liverpool minus 165, uh, minus 160 
if not 165. So I think a couple things here. I think, first of all, like I said, we're beating a lot of people to a good number. When you can get a price 135, I'm giving it on the pod 140, but when you can get a price 135, and we have our, you know, 25, 30 cents of perceived value. I think that's a good play. And I think you have to pay attention. Now, there, there's a few things in the expected goals, too, that we have to go over for this game. That's where a lot of this comes from, because Liverpool's done. I mean, I think a lot of people sold their stock on Liverpool being that elite team in the Premier League that can win games consistently on the road. And it's more about the Reds. Honestly, it really is more about Liverpool this game. I will give Bournemouth all the credit in the world. I think they've over-exceeded. They've exceeded expectations this year. You look at the XG, they're like right middle of the table for expected goals, expected goals allowed. And Don Areola, their manager who took over, you know, middle last year, he's done a great job. So this isn't necessarily a huge Bournemouth fade, but you look at Liverpool in those same XG stats, they're the number one team this year for expected goals. I mean, they've had by far the best offense. And that says something when the advanced stats say you're the best in the league. And the narrative is they've looked clunky. They really haven't been able to get it together. I think that Liverpool is going to trend upward. You know, I think they have more that they can achieve, although they're number one right now in XG. And they're the number three team in expected goals allowed, right? So I think we get a good focus team here, overrated with the injuries. And uh, we're beating a big, a big move, in my opinion, that we're going to see like mid Saturday into Sunday morning. So right now we're taking it Liverpool minus 140 on the road against Bournemouth. That's a money line. Money line bet means they've got to win the game. If it ends in a tie or Bournemouth wins, we lose the bet. So Liverpool three-way money line minus 140 against Bournemouth. So that does it for our picks. Let's go over those one more time. NFL teaser for the weekend. Detroit from minus six to a pick them. Kansas City from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. And then we will take Liverpool Liverpool, in some uh, Premier League soccer on Sunday. Uh, minus 140 on the money line against Bournemouth. So appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Betting Daily.